What's going on? It's CJ Today Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast. Vote Cameron Ra, independent candidate. Uh, you got to write him in and write myself in, Chris Johnson. Uh, thank you for your vote. Anyway, this is episode 85. We talk about Ice Cube getting in hot water. Uh, we talk about sharks being killed for vaccines. Do you agree? Do you disagree? We talk about are all the presidents related and how can an outsider get into the presidency? We discussed is being in the military like being in a cult. That was very interesting conversation. But anyway, like, share, subscribe. Thank you, upgraders, domestically and internationally. Uh, We appreciate you. We love you guys. Stay blessed. Peace. All of our loyal upgraders, thank you for tuning in, supporting, and watching our wonderful show, Upgrade America, episode 85. I'm Cameron Ra, 2020 independent presidential candidate, as well as host and executive producer of our lovely show. We got CJ Dayslay over there. You still in PA, bro? Yeah, man. Still in PA. Traveling scholar, we get around, you know what I mean? But uh, we got a great show for you. A lot of um, current events we're going to be discussing. I know uh, Ice Cube was getting some flames for um, participating, or how you say, reaching out to Donald Trump for the contracts with Black America. We featured that on the show. Ice Cube shouted us out as well for helping promote his endeavor. We're going to discuss a little bit about that. What other hot topics we got coming down the pipeline? Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, shout out to No Team Just Us on IG. He said, what up, Karen? You're, you already Ooh, know what's time goody, it is. Goody. Um, let's see here. What we got? All right. Is the military considered a cult? We're going to discuss that. <laughs> uh, president, Presidential town hall thoughts. We're going to talk about that. Okay. Um, something I thought about. Um... Our president, since presidents tend to be related, do, yes. does an outside person have a real shot at being the president, if you really think about it? So we're going to kind of go down that rabbit hole a little bit. I'm, I'm curious to speculate on that, So, And, and it's a lot surprising bloodline size. Yeah. So we'll kind of get into that. Um, killing sharks for vaccines. Helpful or harmful? Because you need sharks in the ocean. So we'll talk about that. Getting Rona again. So we found this article talking about you getting Rona, but then re, uh, getting reinfected or whatever, recontracting it. Must be worse or something like that. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Mr. Robot. Cam mentioned. Um, never uh, seen it. Never really heard of great it. show. But uh, in that same segment, perhaps we can touch a little bit on Lovecraft Country. Um, yeah, I gotta watch that. I've been hearing about that. We gotta have, yo, a lot of the things that we discussed, the sundown towns, that mm-hmm. book that you were talking about with the travel guides for yeah. people in, in Jim Crow, all of that is in like the first couple of chapters on the audiobook. I haven't touched, I got HBO, canceled yeah. Netflix, not because of the cuties and all that, just 
you know, want to try something different. But yeah, that's something we can discuss a bit later too. I think it's pretty great. It's gonna be a great right. show. We're gonna talk about the Planet of the Apes in real life in India. Yelp I'm curious what that's about. Yeah, it's it's wild, bro. Um, Yelp in the business of racism. We'll discuss that. Um, it's not what you think. I just kind of set it up that way. Uh, post post election violence. Is it a concern? We haven't really talked about that. Um, and another question we're going to discuss has this election highlighted that black millennials and Gen Zers are becoming more informed about politics than the previous generations. So I figured let's explore that. Um, yeah, that's what we got so far. Uh, anything else we freestyle? What's up, man? Thanks for watching. I guess sometimes I uh, I downplay her role, you know, in the Upgrade America team, but she's really doing a lot behind the scenes with production, with uh, a lot of deliverables, the swag, merch, taking shots with the, you know, directing behind mm -hmm. the scenes, all that. Really appreciate it. Thank you. First lady, shout out, blessings. Um, yeah. So, uh, what, what do you want to go into, Ice Cube's portion? Yeah, first? let's go ahead and talk about Ice Cube. All right. Cool. So, I mean, um, I was really pleased when you, you brought that to my attention, CJ, about the Ice Cube's contracts for Black America. We mm -hmm. covered it and we, we discussed some of the, it. Was, he was really pushing on for reparations and different ways that reparations could be uh, distributed and also ways to quell uh, police brutality. And um, the thing is, is like what I guess what some people fail to realize when you're dealing with politics, you're dealing with devils. And you always hear the term, you pick the, the lesser of two evils. And people are criticizing Brother Cube because he's dealing with one particular evil, as if the other evil is, is more benevolent. And at the end of the day, it's like, we want change, we want justice. And whatever devil is going to uh, provide us like real tangible change. We, we, I'm not saying we got to rock with him or support it, but it's something to explore because my understanding is the Democrats weren't willing to provide anything tangible or to continue the discussion until after the election. Like, yeah, yeah, just vote for us. And then, yo, then we'll talk about helping y'all later. And that sounds like the, the quote Biden himself, a bunch of malarkey, you know? Um, so here's the thing about black America and the democratic vote. It's just like the same thing. The same situation has been going on for like a century. And mm -hmm. it's like, but what does black America do? It's like, yo, the Democrats say they're going to give us something, but they don't. What are they going to do? Vote Republican the next four years? No, they're not. They're still clinging to old values. So for uh, for him to reach out and you know if anything comes of it, I don't know. What are your thoughts, man? Um, I've seen the discussion like on Twitter. It was mm -hmm. man, it, I don't know. I was kind of disappointed because we should be pretty informed at this point in life, like the 21st century, access to information. He got plenty of clips saying, "Hey, I made this with experts," because people are like, "Oh, he's the wrong person." to talk about it no but he has the influence and able to get places where we can't get yes indeed and he consulted with experts to put together the contract for black america and these these things that were put in there have been discussed throughout our history so 
I guess the detractors that piss me off is like, oh, we don't have an agenda. Well, now we have an agenda. You're complaining because he's trying to get it solved, I mean, passed through one of the parties, which we have to do. One of the parties is most likely, I mean, there's a great chance that I may take the White House. But an unlikely event, one of those parties is going to take power. So, like, to share that agenda with either or, I don't see why that's a, uh, that's the, why that's a problem. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, shame on it'll be shame on cube to like be like nah i'm not even going to talk to trump and then trump takes power and we get no change so it's like you gotta hedge your bets you 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 came at the democratic party there's just like shut up in color sit in the sit in the corner until after the election and then we'll talk trump i don't know how you you got any um so notes on how that meeting went you know what? I know he met with, for some reason, I don't remember the outcome besides what he, all right. So let me clear another thing up. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I about to say? I think both, I think Trump's campaign reached out to Ice Cube. He didn't go to them per se. And I, I think, I, I remember we read about this in one of our episodes about him meeting with the Democratic side. Yes. But I don't remember if he initiated or they hit him up. But there's the trolls are going around saying that someone from Trump's campaign bailed out one of Ice Cube's endeavors, maybe mm-hmm. a basketball team or something that he had, and then they're saying follow the money. I have no proof on it, or you know, or how do you say financial forensic teams at my disposal <laughs> so i don't know I, I can't i can't fact check that but i'm not, i don't see that as a bad thing now if he flips the script and says like yo starts wearing maga hats and saying everybody vote trump then it's like we, we we should scrutinize a little further but just reaching out for the unpopular devil over the popular devil, you know, I don't see that as a as a bad thing. And people forget politics is transactional, and on Upgrade America, we're trying to get rid of that, or at least not make that a major factor within politics. Like politics should be like, yo, basically you're supposed to be taking care of the people. You're not supposed to be like, oh, yo, you pay me this, I make sure this law gets through. Like it's not really supposed to be like. Is it like that? No, yes. Yeah. It really shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be, but it is. (laughs) Um, It really makes you think, like, the people are not really being ruled by the people. It's it's always other interests that seem to supersede it. And I'm just curious, like, what type of world will we live in where the needs of the people were represented above corporations and... uh, and other things like that. I guess uh, if, if you have anything else, I was gonna say we could segue into the little town halls. All right, yeah, let me just put a button on this Ice Cube thing. Okay. Shout out to Ice Cube, OG. He's yeah. taking a lot of heat from so many, I've listened to so many different people describe this situation. I'm like, are you not looking at, he's trying to fix black America. He's trying to be um, an engine for change tangibly like you can see the tangible not not the platinum plan is bullshit and the lift every voice is bullshit on both sides so his is very detailed and very specific to black america 
there's a difference. And I want people to really go back, look at what he said. And his interview with Chris Como was excellent because he G-checked his ass. And Chris <laughs> Como even had to come around like, all right, you know, I, want, I don't want to mess up what you said. So, and you always got a place to come up here and talk about it. And um, that's it, man. Shout out to Brother Cube. You know, we got to learn how to be more logical and get things done than being emotional. I, I, I totally, I totally agree. And it's like, yeah. again, at the end of the day, we're going to have to compromise, negotiate with whoever is in power and to keep a door open for, you know, for both parties. You know, I think that's prudent. You know, my door is always open to you, brother Q, you know, in the event I should take the White House. But um, that's all I got on, on that subject. As far as um, the town halls, yeah, what'd you think? <laughs> no, it's just like, it really makes me think, like, it's not, it's all a fucking show, man. It's mm -hmm. all like a dog and pony show, and then you just hear the rhetorics, you see the softball questions, knock them all out of the park, and it's just like a show. And I'm just like, <sighs> I don't know, man. So I heard Trump, he's talking about he wants to lower corporate taxes, or keep them up. And it's like, we really look at it, we hear about Amazon and how they're not paying their fair share of taxation, and I just don't agree with it. His thing is that, like, by keeping corporate taxes low, that um, companies are going to flood to America. They're like, yo, we ain't got to pay no taxes, let's set up shop here, you know? And on paper, that sounds cool, but when you think about an auto industry, right, mm -hmm. and how they're quickly becoming, like, robotic... <laughs> You're not creating jobs. You're just throwing a plant in the middle of somewhere in America that's not paying taxes. No people are working there, and you're, you're producing goods. So, mm -hmm. like, um, um, I, 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 if I were debating him, I would push back on that. Um, now you have uh, the notion of, uh, I guess, Joe Biden's with his thing on taxes. You already know that they're trying, they're, they're trying to raise taxes, man. And it's like, I think they're going about it all wrong. Like, sure, we've got a lot of stuff we have to pay for, but let's go about it a different way. One, let's adjust those tax brackets, you know, for the billionaires. I say, again, we, we add some tax brackets for corporations. Like, yo, this you making 100K? Cool, you're paying X amount. You're making a million, you're paying X amount. Have brackets because right now, it's, what is it, 21%? Everyone's paying corporate. I thought corporate, hold on, I thought corporate taxes were like 35%, but then Trump lowered it. Yeah, it's like 21 or 27, something ridiculous. Yeah, I know we had the highest in the world, corporate taxes, but, but they still get paid, so. But it's like, I think there should, you know, we, we need to find a way to do more. We need to change the way we, we're, we're doing taxes. But yeah, uh, the biggest takeaway from Biden was like, he wants to mandate that whole mask thing. And it's like, there's something about it. It sounds light and it sounds simple, but that it sounds like it is a foundation for much more to come, which is, um, I don't know how I feel about that. But, Lynn, what's up, girl? Um, what do you think? What are your thoughts on the um? So I had to get highlights for uh, Biden because for some reason his footage wasn't as accessible or I couldn't find it, at least when I looked. 
but a lot of the stuff I heard, like he's definitely trying to pander to black voters now. Um, and it sounded like he still failed. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. So uh, a, a gentleman, a, a young black gentleman in the audience asked Biden a question like, um, besides you ain't black, what type of advice do you have for like, you know, he said, what else you have to say to young black voters? And again, uh, why I emphasize the whole, it's like a show, because it's just like, <laughs> his answer was so political, and it's, it, he said a lot without saying anything. Trump um, did that too, I'll get to him. I'm like, I, I'm like, okay, I listen to all his rhetoric, so what do you have to say? And he's like, y'all just voting and, and all this BS and using <laughs> generic, using generic like terms like wealth building and, you know, like, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean by wealth building? Are we talking about like real uh, grants for entrepreneurs, for black entrepreneurs? Are we talking about grants or are we talking about loans? Because right now, my understanding is the SBA does not give grants. Like, they give loans, but they don't mm-hmm. give. So, like, what do you, what do they really, what does he really have to offer? I don't know. And their standards are very strict, from what I understand, SBA, when they give out loans. Um, I- what else did Biden? Pretty much, you you capped over everything. Um, talked about. I I thought I thought I heard a mention of making <laughs> vaccines mandatory, but you know it's damn near impossible. I might have missed that. Yeah. No, no, no. But I said if that is true, which I, I, in my dystopian uh, prediction of the democratic future, yeah, I I foresaw that. And like I said, well, in the, the Trump administration has the potential to. I don't know, permit or facilitate civil war, the whole notion of forced vaccines that could kill you and no one is held liable, that is a scary uh, future to, to ponder as well. Yeah, I don't... I Alright, this is how I put it. I like the town hall formats for both uh, candidates. I don't like... Like you said, kind of the dog and pony. Like they're kind of playing in their base anyway. Yeah, like I agree. You should put them in like you should have put Trump in like Philadelphia and then put Biden in Miami. You should have did that switch up. Instead. You know what I I would like to see. You know how we do exercises in the military. Yeah. Exercise, exercise, exercise. I would like to see them walk through scenarios and exercises like that. You know, like really put them under pressure. Like, I don't know. Like, what, what scenario? Like, do you fire the nukes in this scenario, or do you not? Like, mm-hmm. no, really put them under pressure. Like, all these little hit them out in the park, softball little questions, like that they can answer vaguely, and you know, with, with, with things they don't even have to commit to. It's a stupid way to do uh, politics. Yeah, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna laugh, but, not laugh, but I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say, Trump did actually sound presidential in his town hall. I gotta give him credit. He sounded way better than the debate. Now, a few of his answers and his back and forth with the moderator. Um, the moderator was pretty, um casual with uh with him informal and and, and sometimes you or said least, with who with trump 
At least I felt like she. I felt like she was on his ass. Like yeah. she was. Again, she I watched. I watched five minutes of a of an yeah. hour presentation. So. Um, the thing I didn't like about the town hall, at least on Trump's side, is they wasted valuable time in the beginning. They were going back and forth, him and the moderator. I'm like, yo, like as an interview and a moderator, you should have just been like, okay, moving on. I don't agree with this or whatever. Like just keep, keep the program going because you need to get to more questions than y'all going back and forth. Uh, I think there was a lot of time wasted right there. Um, and that's why I wanted to see Biden's more straight up like that because I wanted to get a better feel for it. But overall, I think Trump handled it pretty well. Whoever coached him did should coach him for the next debate because he handled <laughs> himself very well considering that last debate. There will be another debate. Yeah. I think the president mentioned. has made a recovery and he's supposedly immune. Or at least yeah, that's he took, he's preaching to his followers. Yeah, he took, uh, ah, what's the name of the drugs he took? The experimental cocktail. It was like, ah, he mentioned two things he took, and it was supposed to be helpful. And of course, you know, he's always going to have a vaccine, this and that. You know how he is. But there's like a lot of discussion going on with that. And it's like how he's downplaying COVID. But like he had a team of doctors and, you know, like helicopters to medevac him to like wherever the hell he needs to go. And it's like when you compare that to the average citizen, you don't have all those resources. So it's like, I don't know. Is that where we're going this age of, yeah, it costs to live, but now it's going to cost more because of healthcare. Is the cost of healthcare is, is oh man now he struggled on that part when that lady asked about healthcare <laughs> destroyed Trump like he's like oh all he kept talking about yeah we had to repeal Obama but then the moderator she did a great job was like but what have y'all done to replace it y'all haven't done shit basically like and, I get it we gotta have private healthcare you know like yeah. have your how you say your five star for the people who got that five star a month and then you should have your mcdonald's healthcare for the people who have mcdonald's money you know but there must be a uh, there must be healthcare in place and moreover you got to have like government healthcare. like and i'm not talking about right now like medicaid medicare my understanding is like that's government money that's taxation money but it's getting thrown back into the private sector like and private sector is raping they're raping people on medical bills so and i know it's like va has some room for improvement you know at the same time you know i got my wisdom teeth taken out in tricare like in the military, I, I think something like a military type of healthcare system for people who cannot afford it. I think, i.e., call it the life force. That would really help millions of Americans, you know, in in the in the days that we're in now. But I don't know, bro. Any other thoughts on the um, on the town halls, like? I really want to see, like, if there's anything on the pipeline about debates, more debates. I would like to see them go back and forth, not so much cater to their base. Yeah, like, I think, and another thing I had a problem with is 
I think the questions from the people are pretty good. I uh, Trump had a fucking groupie. I'm like, let's get to the question. Like, no offense. I know I said bitch, but like, I, that's how I felt in this moment. I'm like, yo, this ain't no time for no groupie shit. It's like, oh, you look so handsome when you smile. Like, yo, get to the point. We're here for town hall. We're not about this shit. So, I I think they should have had like I didn't hear no black people in the crowd. They're in Miami. Okay, oh. obviously they're in the rich. Are they Spanish? You either black and Spanish, or very dark pigmented Spanish lady she was a teacher and i do believe yeah yeah i was about to say she was the only one and i'm like yo nah you ain't had nobody real from day county at that fucking debate because mm. that would be a whole different monster they would ask some straight gutter shit like hey motherfucker you say all this shit what are you really doing like they would ask the real question so i'm like i think you should have a mixed crowd um I like that they let them ask their questions. Now, I'm curious on the process. Did they screen the questions before they let these people ask them? Yeah, because here's the thing. You you hear about Trump talking about, yo, they want to change the rules for the debates and blah, blah, blah. Like, there's some something circulating around like this. Mm-hmm. I think the way to circumvent that is you have a town hall, you get to make the rules. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't no, like, yo, talk for two minutes and shut up is you, you do what you want you want to screen candidates you want to screen questions like, yeah. and like how i took it in was just like oh this is such a show it's a satiric yeah. soap opera i suppose <laughs> and it made me think like again just doing a little investigation you know just from being in the military like we went into afghanistan took 90 percent of the world's opium yeah, you was there, CJ. You, you already know that there's dope out there for days. And that was done under the Republicans. But then, you know what happened next? Boom, boom, boom. Healthcare repeal. Obamacare comes in. Now U.S. citizens are getting access to that dope. You know what I'm saying? We took the plug. So I was like, I was thinking like, yo, it seems like kind of both parties are working together. But like WWF. And it's just a show. And I think it's just a show. <laughs> And yeah. I suppose this bleeds into your, your next topic. Like, I mean, we can discuss the bloodlines, but your question: Do do outsiders have a chance? <laughs> no, because it's a show. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, like it's already written. This has been conspiracy, urban legend, whatever have you. But the facts remain: pretty much all the presidents are related. For the most part, I think except let me click on the link. Except like one, I think they said. And now granted, I'm gonna be honest, this website is like at your own risk kind of thing, but it still has the concept of something to think now, about. There's some mainstream sources that will confirm that, particularly with Cheney. Dick Cheney is related to Barack Obama. Yeah, Dick Bush Cheney is, is also yeah, I was gonna say Dick Cheney is also related to Bush. And it's through like a 17th century ancestor through the royal family. Yeah. Long story short, a lot of these presidents have royal blood. And but here's the funny thing about royal blood and, and how it pertains back to ancient Egypt. It seems like okay, so you have dynasties that are set up in Egypt. Mm-hmm. But then if you notice how everything from architecture to even um 
a lot of stuff went from Egypt to Greece, mm-hmm. and then Greece to Rome, and mm-hmm. from Rome to you know to the other royal families. There is theory that these royals just kept moving their bloodline mm-hmm. as with with the dynasties. You know what okay, I'm saying? That's so. how everyone is. Everyone is related, like through through this royal blood. And it's like, as I mentioned, like this bloodlines can be traced from ancient Egypt to Greece to Rome through to royal families and then to the presidents. So I don't know. But what's your, what's read, your say? I'm gonna read these passages. It said all but one U.S. president are related. This is from was it WakeUpWorlds.com or whatever. Um, if the if America declared itself independence from European monarchies in 1776, how is it possible that every single president has descended from European monarchs? If presidents are democratically elected, as we are told, what are the odds that Americans always choose? members of British and French royal bloodlines. The American, the Americas have been owned and governed by the same royal families of Britain and Europe that convention, conventional history states as being among those defeated during the wars of so-called independence. So reading those two like passages, I was sitting there thinking like, yeah, that's kind of an interesting point. But just like really it makes sense. Like J Love. It, it really makes sense, man. Like even when you think about George Washington, like he wasn't um he was like a wealthy slave owner. Mm-hmm. Like plantation owner. Like I do believe he his his whole lineage is from the UK. You know what I mean? And it's like after he came over here, set up in Virginia and everything. But it's democracy sounds cool. But what it really means is like the majority of the people control who takes power. And it's just like when you look at your neighbor, you look at your the person next to you, the person to the left, to the right. Mm-hmm. Like, do you really think they would trust? us with uh you know really electing and and putting people power i don't know i don't think so oh we got a comment j-love said a lot of political parties are tied together as well a lot are also tied to people in the media very true because didn't we see a clip with the uh anchor had like a cia fucking button or something a pen i seen something like that maybe um the cnn guy what is his name was it CNN or Fox? It was um, some. Is it Anderson Cooper? I think he used to. He had an internship with the CIA mm. when he was uh, before he like went in as a um, like as, as a news anchor. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's him, but media is media is strange, man. It's a very powerful entity, so I wouldn't be surprised who's behind you know, like really pulling those strings. But as far as the comment as like political parties are tied to the media, hell mm-hmm. yeah. Like, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And it's like, the thing is, it ain't hard to tell Fox News is backing the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. But it's like, 
the thing is, it seems undisproportionately on who's backing the Democrats. Like, it seems like ABC is backing the Dems. CNN is backing the Dems. And whatever narrative that they're pushing, like, you, would, it's very rare that you see these broadcast stations, like, mm-hmm. demonizing Biden or saying anything bad about Biden or Harris. You know? So it's like, yeah, I, I totally agree. A lot of them are, ba- are backed by politics. All right, fun fact real quick. George W. Bush himself is directly related to 16 former presidents, including George Washington, Millard Fillmore, Franklin Pierce, Abraham Lincoln, U- Ulysses Grant, Fred B. Hayes, James Garfield, Grover Cleveland, Teddy Roosevelt, William H. Tav, Calvin Coolidge, Herbert Hoover, and Franklin D. Roosevelt, and Richard Nixon, and Gerald Ford. So again, it seems like it's a very, um, when you do the digging, it's like a club. And yo, getting in, it's just so, it seems, I don't know. But here, let me ask you this. Okay. How would the system react mm-hmm. if, for some strange purpose, an independent candidate just came out of nowhere, boom, blew up on the map? got the nation's support and everyone wrote his name camera and for the election and the numbers were staggering how would that system how do you think the system would react oh man that would shock the fuck out of the system oh side note okay uh jay love says anderson cooper is a vanderbilt which is a very esteemed family of power in the u.s no doubt um, Her name's all and Vanderbilt's all over New York City. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you would totally shock the system. Um, they'll be, they'll. I would, I would predict if that were to happen, mm-hmm. they would make sure it wouldn't happen again. I put it would, that way. Would they honor the people's vote? Or would they be just like, no, motherfuckers, <laughs> take the red pill or the blue pill, like? There ain't no other choices. Maybe I would say maybe on a slight chance they would let you say win, right? Mm-hmm. Then they want to see how you operate. They want to see if they can get in your ear. They want to see. Could... I don't. I, that's a big risk that they. I'm take. saying you, you got a humongous risk having an outsider holding the White House for four years. You never know. Things are strange as hell. You never it is, know. And that's what I said. I'm playing the game until the wheels fall off. Well, yeah. by the way, you've been officially nominated as vice president on the, uh, how do you say, FEC form two. So we out they there. Love, they love that. Is there really an honor system in America? She used the three Ks in America. <laughs> <laughs> No, there is not an honor system, but I would be really curious to see what would happen because I'll be—I mean, I'll be with you, obviously. But no doubt, no doubt. But I mean, like, I'm just curious. You, your, your analogy of shocking the system, yeah, absolutely concur. But I'm just like, would the powers that be, would they be like, um, we have an anomaly here? Do we like <laughs> permit it, or do we just say override? Like, could you I could uh, could you imagine though them headlines like on election day like Cameron Rock shuts him down 
selected. I mean, like, I would just be like, okay, I bumped my head, <laughs> and now I'm in my coma, living out my presidency. <laughs> Yo, I can imagine the fucking U.S. be like, what the fuck? Who voted for them? <laughs> the thing is, and, and that's what we're trying to push in, in, you know, the documentary, the back road to the White House. Because when you're really looking at the steps to run for president, there are none. There, there are no official steps. There's a bunch of paperwork that you can fill out and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. Like the, the, the form one and the form two. Mm. But they're not required. All that's required is getting your name either on the ballot, through the formalities and, and getting signatures, all that bullshit, or yeah. having people write it in. And so if you, a candidate can go viral like and you already know in this day and age you have the power to reach millions in one day and, and i look at go ahead i'm sorry oh no i'm just saying and, and and they can convince the american people like yo write this name in the the possibility exists i'm not saying it's a huge window but the possibility exists i'm just curious how the system would react to that it would be in shock yo i already you you already know not saying you already know our country's prepared for contingency but this would be something they wouldn't be prepared for yeah, the stock market wouldn't even know what to do. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, oh, man. It's wild, though. I don't know, but I'm thinking about when you asked that question, my brain started going. I was like, hmm, how would that work? I was like, there would definitely be, I think that one of the closest elections like that was um, in the Rock. 60s. Uh, it was um, Nixon. Mm-hmm. Was it Nixon, George Wallace, the segregationist? I remember him. Yeah, and then I'm not a fan. He was the one who said when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Yeah. Like and I, I forgot who Nixon was running against, but he was close to winning. Like, he had Wallace? got 50 votes. Yeah, he had uh, real support to where it affected the election. Like, Nixon only won by, like, 1% or some crazy shit like that. Yeah. Wow, that the margins are so slim. It was very That's slim. terrifying that the margins are so slim because there's so many margins of error and then everybody's <laughs> cheating and they the best cheater to win. Yeah. So I, I heard that the other night. Like I listened to um I listened to Electoral College because you know you and I going back and forth like yo, this shit is annoying. In the sixties they were that close to getting rid of it and going to the popular vote. Like one person, one vote, popular vote wins. And but, I like that notion, but it still sounds terrifying. Like, I, I, I would dare say there'd be a lot of room for voter suppressing. But that was the argument. I was talking, I just was talking to somebody, and that's why the online voting is so fucking important because Rona exposed that shit. Yo, it's gotta happen. And maybe yeah. whoever, and like I said, unlikely event I don't take office, like I write a long letter to whoever it is in office and be like, yo, we need this. And you, you got four years to make it happen. But 2024, yeah. we should all be clicking one button and voting from our, our from our mobiles. Yeah, facts. Um, so I've had plenty of discussions about that, but uh, did you want to talk about, is the military considered a cult compared to contrast? <laughs> did you discuss this, sir? Sure. Um, let me see if I sent. I emailed this. This is these links to myself. Okay. Was I'm like read the definition of a cult. There's several. 
So, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, um, one moment. Bring this up. This is Miriam Webster. Okay. Definition of a cult. So it's like five or six definitions, but I'll just give one. A religion regarded as an unorthodox or spurious. Um, I don't know. Oh, in its body of inheritance. Inheritance. Um, great devotion to a person, idea, object, movement, or work. Movement. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Object of such devotion, a small group of people characterized by such devotion, a system of religious beliefs and ritual, uh, formal religious veneration, worship, a system for the cure of disease based on dogma set forth by its promulgator. Never heard that word. That's a new one on me. So those are some definitions of cults. Okay, I got some on my own, and I know some of them are probably gonna um, be similar to what you said, but I'm gonna add some additional commentary. So, the group has an authoritarian leader who commands, controls, loyalty, and allegiance from the group. Yeah, like the military is a fucking dictatorship. There's no room for negotiation. There's no room for democracy. Like, that's what it is. The leader claims to have special knowledge or insight that others don't have. Well, when you consider the commander in chief is like, you know, the leader of the military, and he has uh, advisors in the central intelligence at his disposal. Sure, why not? We check that box. The cult maintains practices that are different from normal behavior. Well, routinely shaving your face and, and your head, among other, you know, things of that nature. I would check that box as well. But I do want to, before I continue, I want to um, just emphasize that cult is like the first, what, four letters of culture. So don't uh, get as much as a, yo, like the military is some sort of religious, like, no, no, no. It's a culture, like the military culture. It's, it's very defined and, and, and different from civilian life. So let, let me continue. So it says the cult members practice that practice maintains practices are are different from normal behavior. Yes, mentioned that the cult maintains that they are the only ones to have truth and leaving with those who yeah I don't really know about that. I mean I know like this says leaving poses a risk not so much with the military but it is kind of frowned upon when you. When you it leave, feels like, it. When <laughs> it feels like if you retire, it's like cool. But if you yeah. like get going, you piece of shit. There's something yeah. I was gonna send you uh, from the Air Force. It was one of the leading Air Force generals. Like I, I follow the security forces page on Facebook, and I guess he was saying like, "Yo, if you leave, someone else will replace you" or some shit like that. I was like, "Oh wow, okay." Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah. So the cult separates itself socially from others and is usually practicing elitism. They also isolate followers from other people outside the cult. Just the whole notion of military and civilian is very, very, that's, that's isolation. So members of the cult feel or profess that they are subject of persecution from other people outside the cult. I guess like, yeah, just the fact that we are military and people want to kill us for just because you're military sure 
So the cult has its own terminology and phrases. <laughs> oh shit. Like, the military has its own phonetic alphabet, let alone enough jargon to fill a telephone book yeah, and yeah. other uh, you know phrases and things of that later. That stuff. Cult leaders maintain control over members by using certain forms of mental manipulation. <laughs> Hell to the fuck yeah, they cancel your leave. That's a form of mental manipulation. Send you on deployments, like extend your deployments, among other mind fucks, you know, that's in there. They remind the group that they stick to the group's beliefs or teachings, they will get special rewards. This one is saying i.e. spiritually, but you know. The leader of the leader of leaders maintains control over their lives. This may include Consoling them, counseling them on their sex lives, marital choices, time spent, dedication to the group, and even college or the advanced education, which may be frowned upon. Like, one thing about the military, like I said, it wasn't just a job, it was a lifestyle. And, like, it's not like, okay, after you're done, you know, like, your problems at home become your problems at work. It was a whole uh, 360. So members are encouraged to contribute money or not so much, like money uh, that one. Maybe um, what's that joint? Uh, CFC. Like uh, <laughs> campaign. What was it? Uh, campaign fund contribution or something like. Remember they used to come around. And yeah, say, didn't I get that? Uh, like, is is that for helping defenders' families or Air Force families or something like that? Was it? Because I know they had that, and then I feel like this is something else. But in the same vein, either way, they have little ways of like, I guess, getting tribute in a way. Yo, I want want to read the last one. And this one is hilarious. Okay. Recruitment of new members may be done in a deceptive way. (laughs) Think about your recruitment with your recruiter. That was, for me, that was deceptive as a, yeah, as a Decepticon. But... I just scratched the surface. If you really dig into the symbolism, like even on the Air Force, the, our Air Force symbol with the lightning bolts and and all that, there's a lot of symbolism in there. When you look at the Medal of Honor, it's an upside down pentagram. Like when you consider oh. the Pentagon, there's a lot of occult stuff that's woven into military tradition, and we don't even know it. We're not even aware of it. Not that I'm just going to say with this, you you know, we, we swear a sacred oath. There are countless yes. blood sacrifices, you know, friendly and, and, and unfriendly. But, um, yeah, the, to, from my perspective, it is a cult. It, I had a, a blast in that cult called the military. But, like, when you really look at it, dissect it from the way of life, it, it, it can very much seem like, like a cult. But yeah, uh, like you really putting it from a different uh, perspective, you know. But yeah, like um, they did push the elite elitism very subtly. Mm-hmm. It was more like you're the best of the best. Not everybody can get in, especially in the and air. And we're also less than one percent. The military yeah. is less than one yeah. percent. So yeah, they pushing that special. Elitism. Wow. And don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking the military as I mentioned. I had a blast. Best times of my life in the U.S. Air Force. 
you know yeah. not so, not so much fun in Iraq but you know yeah hit the fight do what you gotta do but <laughs> at the same time you gotta look at it from a mindset what you're getting into because if you <laughs> when you're signing up and you're you're, you're still an innocent man or, or boy like <laughs> you can get really drawn into it but just know what you're getting into it has a lot of opportunities you're taking a risk but at the same time great risks come great rewards but you know i still got much love to all my defenders all my military counterparts you know nothing but love great times but um, anything else on uh no that that is kind of mind-blowing in a way because you started going down the list i'm like damn yeah like especially the getting out part that that one really resonated with me because they were doing all kind of little deceptive shit to thwart me to frustrate me on out processing yeah and i was like yo i did everything like I, i'm already done like why am i still waiting for one fucking signature like and it just so happens i knew somebody in uh personnel NPF or whatever and he's like yo let me see what's going on and he checked on it he's like yo my supervisor's acting like an asshole I was like he said I got you boom then my shit just kept rolling after that and I was like and then I remember the comments from like my captain oh you, you're gonna be working at McDonald's you're not gonna make it three months out of the Air Force like I remember shit like that and like, they try to they try to really try to scare you almost to the point where I didn't tell anyone I was getting out like not until like I needed signatures from my leadership and then I was just like please but like because they they do those same things they belittle you and they try to scare you and then on top of that there's gonna be pro- reprisal in your post rotation like oh this dirt bag's on his way out. Oh yeah. Let do all the let them do all the yeah. you know all the dirty work for uh, you know however long you have left in the military. So I kept it cool. I yeah. kept it real cool, hush hush, and then got out, kept on moving. But um, just reflecting back on the whole experience and it, on all the indoctrination and everything, it seemed very much like a uh, like a cult. And I get it. You need to have absolute control or a lot of control over your counterparts in the military but it's just something to be to be cognizant of my question is right since we're in a different age now age of social media apps and all this stuff mm-hmm. do you think they still have the same effect on new recruits and stuff like that these tech uh, <laughs> or have or do you think they've evolved on how they i think they have more man like psychops has gotten really 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 complicated call of duty is psycho Mm -hmm. like what do you think how much if you had to guess how much recruiting is done from call of duty like between them and uh football football call of duty are probably some of the two biggest recruiting tools i would say now here's another thing too though the movies are as well oh absolutely it was like transformers i remember where was i i might have been downrange there filming transformers and no it was supposed to be in damn i'm trying to forget they, what base they were at they, they filmed some... the state side they said they filmed the state side but it was supposed to be somewhere like overseas like uh, it, uh edwards 
Did they film? I thought it was somewhere in uh, Nellis, because a buddy that I was in, in, in Iraq with, Mm-hmm. in the film because they're military they had real military in there but also military was giving them assets like planes and tanks and stuff like that so they could use because any movie that benefits the, the air force or something like that is recruiting yeah so it was a big air force controller. like tyree was running around with his his scarlet beret <laughs> We know you in the combat theater, you don't wear your beret, you're in Kevlar helmet. But at the same time, it looked cool. It really looked cool, and that's good for recruiting. You know, yeah. so like all of this ties in, in, into it as well. And getting a military, it's great, but you know, you just gotta know what you're in for. So, bro, we survived the cult. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I suppose we, we successfully uh, we, yeah we successfully separated from, from the cult but um, <laughs> to some extent it's like that, that that culture is still ingrained into us absolutely that's why there's such a, a, a cohesive connection you know with, with my, my military and, and defender buddies you know but um a little self-reflection, man. It's, it's going, going deep. But what else That's, we got on here, man? Uh, getting Rona again. We try to avoid talking about it. Not like it doesn't exist, but yeah. like, every now and then we got to have a reminder. Like, yo, this shit is real out here. So let's see this article. The hell I've been hearing about that, you know, like um, getting it twice. And we mentioned like, Yo, this this virus, and y'all talking about vaccines and stuff, but viruses mutate, and then just like you can get the flu several times, well now evidently, is this evidence that it's mutated to something different that you can get it twice? Because like, my understanding, if you you get a virus, you build up those antibodies, you mm-hmm. will not be able to get that same cold again, like. We get multiple common colds, but you build up an antibody to it, and then you don't get that same cold again. But if it's another cold, and it just changes like a molecule, you can still get infected. And that's my concern for what's happening with uh, this second second contraction. Okay, so the dude, I think, 25-year-old man, yeah, okay, out of Nevada had no immune disorders, no history of underlying conditions. I'm glad they mentioned that because that's always been a um, point of contention with COVID versus having other ailments on top of COVID and people dying. So I'm glad they kind of specified that. Um, He's the first confirmed case of a U.S. patient becoming reinfected with COVID, uh, the fifth known worldwide. Reported and say he is now recovered, though the case raises further questions about the prospect of developing protective immunity against the coronavirus. Hmm. So, what are they suggesting? Trying to say, even though you had COVID, you still got to get the vaccine because, like, um, you could get it again. Is that what they're saying? Well, perhaps not. In, in so many words, but like mm-hmm. now did they they mention that it was more severe the second time around? 
Yeah, I'm trying to look. Okay. Okay, where he was located in Nevada, the symptoms were viral infection included uh, sore throat, cough, headache, nausea, and diarrhea. Let's see. He did a quarantine. Um, tested negative. Then the symptoms, I guess, came back. Was it 48 days later? Hmm. And he had fever, headache, dizziness, cough, nausea, diarrhea. And he was more severe. Let's see. Let me see what they say, though, about this. hospitalized? Um, let's see. The patient caught the corona. Two separate occasions rather than the original infection. So there are difference between, I think what you mentioned, there are difference between both times he caught it. It was different. It wasn't the same. Um, secondary infections. Yeah, they don't really have no answers for that one. Yet. This is a very, this is turning out to be a very interesting little bugger. Yeah. It's like when the array of symptoms is like crazy. Like how it affects your toes, like spots on your toes, like crazy shit like that. And then just your ability to get it again. But when you're looking at it, what do they say? It's five cases worldwide. Well, reported. They were reported. So again, I don't want any crazy legislation to erupt over that. Mm hmm. Um, oh, J Love said, I got an auto immune disease but i'm cool thank god so she shout out to you j love um about like people with blood type of like o positive or something it mm -hmm. doesn't really hit them so hard but the a's and a negatives get hit pretty hard at least oh, data of what they're saying or the people who were hospitalized they're saying it was like 97 percent was certain type of blood type but interesting i don't know but I, again it's um, like something new every day and there's even had I, I was listening to something they were like people are losing their memory like all kind of shit bro uh, yeah foggy like um what's the other shit obviously taste smell yeah i've heard about the smell but yeah, people actually kind of getting foggy up here. They can't remember simple tasks like checking email or doing something like using a remote. Now stuff. that's so wild. Like this virus is like mm -hmm. so many aspects. Like okay, it's it's funny because it's like you don't think that something that's going to affect your respiratory mm -hmm. is going to affect your brain. Like, but hold up. But you need oxygen to go to your brain. So if your respiratory is jacked up, you're messing so, up the flow of oxygen to your brain. Okay, then yes, I would. I can see that and I can rationalize that. If it's like, yo, know, like your breathing is so it's messing it up that it's depleting oxygen to your brain and that's messing with, you know, your cognitive functions. But if it's something that it's like, yo, because you know they're testing it, how they're testing it is in the back of the nasal cavity, right? back there which is damn near the brain you know it's like 
And now that virus is present back there. If they can spread into the brain, I don't know. But this is. Uh, a, go ahead. I don't know. I'm just saying this is a very bizarre little little bugger. So what's up, James? Shout out to you, homie. Um, James says bioengineered virus. Um, and I'm starting to believe that. Like I can see it. I, 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 I'm starting to believe that, but it's a matter of, and I suppose we may never know, like, who released it? Was it released deliberately? And, like, I don't know. Like, it's, there's a speculation of Wuhan, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of parties who have much to gain from this. Ah, damn. IG cut off on me. Oh, no. Yeah, it cut off prematurely too. Alright, anyway. Um Yeah, man. Um I don't know. I don't really know what to believe because the the information has been so erratic and not consistent. <laughs> Yo. And, and so even from so called sources that should be credible. Like the exactly. president saying like wild stuff that Twitter's like, no, no, that's not right. <laughs> like, we gotta fact check you, bro. But it's, 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 I don't know, man. It's like, now yeah. everyone's talking about these designer drugs, mm-hmm. and this or what. But it's like, oh, I meant to bring this up. So this motherfucker plugged the fucking uh, pharmaceutical company during his town hall, Trump. Uh, what was the name of it? Lily, Eli Lilly. They're a pharmaceutical company. He happened to mention them when he was talking about his uh, experience with Rona and all this stuff. I was like, interesting. So you plug in a pharmaceutical company. But Got isn't it. that the biggest commercial ever? Yo, I had Rona. I took this pill from these people and they cured me. Yo, and it, the biggest endorsement is like, it's like the best testimonial ever <laughs> to get a president, of, a sitting president of the United States to endorse your pharmaceutical drug. That's freaking, um, yeah. That's what, at least that's how I, I'm seeing all this, man. But I don't know, bro. 2020 has been a very, very wild year. Just sitting on, holding on, man. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yo. Um, what else we got? Um, sharks for vaccines. They killing sharks to get, uh, vaccines, right? That's what I'm saying. Let me bring that one up. Yeah, okay. I'll, let me post this on IG while you're doing that real quick. All right. So saying coronavirus vaccines kill half a million sharks. And this is from NPR. And you okay. mentioned before how NPR is deemed to be uh, neutral. Yeah, they're pretty neutral. Like I looked on the spectrum of their leanings as a mm-hmm. news program or information. They're pretty neutral. And that's that's great that we have one and it's a difficult thing to do. So coronavirus vaccine could kill half a million sharks. Conservatives warn. So let's see what they have to say. 
A conservation group is warning that the development of an effective coronavirus vaccine on a global scale could ravish sharp populations worldwide as resources race to produce a vaccine using an oil derived from sharks. Whoa. Now, I've heard that... You know why the Democrats are, like, so big on, like, abortions and stuff like that? Like, mm-hmm. typically, you know, they're... they're Democratic Party there, they're for abortions, like, and I'm not against abortion. Like, I think that that's a woman should retain that right. Mm-hmm. You know? But um, my understanding is that there are pieces they they take pieces they take pieces from the um, from the babies and they put them into vaccines. So there's like some living tissue and mm-hmm. vaccinations among other chemicals and heavy metals. That, that go, goes into this. But I just wanted to say that real quick before I continue. So it says, scaling a compound that is harvested from the livers of sharks is a common moisturizing ingredient in cosmetics. It's also used in malaria and flu vaccines as an agent that boosts the immune system's response. Shark Ally is a nonprofit that advocates for the protection of sharks, projects that some 500,000 sharks could be killed if a corona vaccine with shark scale squalene proves to be effective. Already an estimated 2.7 million sharks are killed annually for their scaling to make cosmetics. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that is wild. You hear about, you know, with the whales back in the day, they were killing the whales for their oil Oil, and and also make cosmetics and stuff. But with the sharks, that's that's wild. And it's, it's just so crazy that it's like, that's the only thing that works make some goop to put on your face you gotta kill a shark well not only that couldn't you learn how to fucking uh synthetically make it after you learn the process synthetically or why not just i don't want to say stem cell like just grow the shark livers and then yeah something like that like where you don't have to necessarily kill them anymore you already got figured out the components or molecules and all that good stuff like Hey, if they can make a coronavirus, like, make some pretty shit <laughs> oil. Uh, yeah, like, like, sharks are needed in the ecosystem. Everything is a circle of life for all you Lion King people. There's there's a thing behind that. Um, okay. Yeah, don't be killing the sharks like that. Um, Again, it's just... If they're killing the sharks and the vaccine isn't, we already discussed like flu vaccines like twenty three percent effective, and most of the time, by the time you get the vaccine out, the virus has already evolved and mutated. So it's like you're gonna murder all these sharks. But again, I suppose it's for the sake of, of, of commerce. Like whether the vaccine works or not, they're still getting their money. But um, yeah, agree. Like, see if there's a synthetic approach. Matter of fact, no, fuck that. I hate vaccines. Don't even do a synthetic approach to that. Like, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I'm. I am avidly uh, against the vaccinations. There must be a better way that we can boost our immune systems without murdering babies and sharks and you know injecting people with, with another form of poison. So, um, there's other nations that have way less disease than us and we won't go talk to them and see what they do because we'll be losing out on too much fucking money basically corporate interests 
and politicians. Well, you say every good incident is uh, some shit. The little saying you said. Every crisis is an opportunity. Exactly. But, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like I said, when you really think about the countless money that's going to be made off this vaccine, like, yeah, this is this is an opportunity to, to kill sharks and make billions. But um, again, I, I I don't know, man. Like, were I president and I have the resources, like, sit down with the CDC and, and look at alternate ways to to combat viruses. But um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, just hearing about sharks getting murdered for, like, nothing is just, like, hell. Um, so, discuss Mr. Robot. You you said it's about <laughs> hacking and, like, Anonymous, all this good stuff. Oh, man. I'm aware of the show, but I've never watched it, but I am aware of it. So, as the election is, is winding down, and, you know, I'm pretty sure got this in the bag i got you know i rewarded myself some tv time and mr robot was something i've been pecking away at on amazon okay. wow but yeah so it's about this group called f society and i would say they're more or less like anonymous but they were working with uh, some chinese hackers a spoiler but the chinese government was a uh, had a hacking group, they were working together. More or less, they pulled off a hack of 9-11 proportions that pretty much crumbled. Like the nation as, as you know, like the world more or less. Mm-hmm. And it's like it really detailed the power of what cyber terrorists are, are capable of pulling off. And it's like, we mentioned about the whole crypto dollars and things like that. They kind of um, went to that to recover. This was the government's response after like this whole economic crash triggered by like cyber uh, terrorists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but at the end they're talking about like, uh, hey, Erna, thanks for watching. But the end, the end they are talking about like they they stole this money from like this Illuminati group and then they gave it back to the people. So it's trillions of dollars, and then everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah!" Like, and I'm thinking, "Okay, that's cool, that's nice," but now everyone has a hundred million dollars. Everyone's running to the Ferrari store at the same time, and guess what? There's not enough Ferraris for everyone, so it's just like hyperinflation. Gotcha. And um. It made me think more about like stimulus and how we're throwing trillions and trillions back into our economy, what that really means. And I don't know, it's a great show. Anyone who wants to get into cybersecurity, that may pull you in. It's, it's really awesome. I don't want to spoil too, too much about it. But um, were a revolution to occur in America, the hackers and, you know, people, those techie people would be so critical to uh you know to one what if our show ever goes underground <laughs> we're gonna need techie people like that that we can broadcast our our message but at the same time they wield a lot of power bro and that was detailed in that show that's why i thought it was really great but um something else i wanted to watch i didn't get to watch yet but i was listening to uh lovecraft country mm-hmm. uh, the audio book and it's talking about jim crow and uh, learn a lot from just from listening to the audiobook. 
Mm-hmm. White House is called the White House because it was burnt in the War of 1812, and the slaves who built it, they used this white paint to pretty much glop over the burn or the burn spots. I did not know that. There's mm-hmm. a famous comic book. I think they even made a movie about him. Mm-hmm. His name John Carter. Uh-huh. You heard of any of uh, his books or movies? I think they made a movie about him. But anyways, he was a Confederate soldier, like a Confederate mm-hmm. general or something like that. And there's, I believe the book is written by, by African-Americans. They're portraying those times. And the black father's like, yo, man, you reading this about this Confederate general and stuff like that? Why'd they make this guy a hero? Like, he was an ex-Confederate. And then and he's like, that's like saying you're an ex-Nazi. Like, what the fuck does, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. But anyway... Um, really great entertainment that's coming out. I love black sci-fi. Like I love seeing you know black people getting into sci-fi. Watchmen really piqued my interest, but they only did that for one one mm-hmm. on HBO. I, I want to see what they're gonna do with this Lovecraft country. And um, it's I like about it. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I need to catch up on it. I I gotta catch up on a couple of shows because I'm slacking. But that one I heard I'm is excellent. So it's just like I'm like, oh, no, you don't even slacking. Just the fact that you're watching something. I'm sitting here like, wow, like Cam's watching something. Oh shit. I yo, I've been grinding at this campaign since like going on almost two years. <laughs> so I'm yeah, like, damn. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. I'm like, well, let me, it's winding down. Let me engage in some pop culture, you know? And at the same time, because I am a, I am a writer working on another novel, and like these ideas are, are helping to stimulate my creative process. So that's how I write it off. But what else? What else are you watching? You always be putting me on some pretty dope shows. Um, I like I was just mentioned. I haven't watched much. I've been moving about. I guess we can kind of segue into what I have been doing. Um, I did pop into New York for a turn and burn, as we call it. Um, took the little well, young, young G. He left today. He went back to Missouri. Um, took him to New York. He'd never been to New York. He never had any of the New York experience. So we he did it. Experience unlike any other. Yeah, and it, it kind of was bummed out because it was wet. It's all hell. Yeah, it was raining that day, man. That's crazy. Um, so how, how much has it changed there. since you've been there last time? Um, it was so. I'll be honest. We were there so quick. Everything was so quick that I didn't get a chance to really absorb it bro the skyline changes like every month because <laughs> they're doing yeah. buildings they're just, look, 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 look. brooklyn's like transforming every every See, i need to get to brooklyn um of course we went to the city we stomped through the bronx you know boogie okay. down went there started out there went to my old house check that out ah man just memories yo we parked like on the side street where my old house was for parking and just what? walked to the train. Parking? You found parking in the Bronx? Bro, like in my neighborhood, yeah, I know where to park. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, man, when I pull up in the Bronx, man, I park like miles away. No, I'm exaggerating, but I park pretty freaking far because there's no, everyone's nut the butt. Like, yeah, so, yeah, nah, like where I live at. Remember the part of the Bronx I live over by Wakefield and Neary, so I'm like near so Mount like, uh, I'm gonna say that's up off what the sixth train? No, two. 
it's it's so the end of the two line. Yeah, it's the end of the okay, two line. Okay, so yeah, I know Wakefield in. Is it two and a five that go to yeah. Wakefield? Okay, I know where you at. I got an idea where you at. So yeah, so parking park uh, up here is a little easier. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna say. So I, I was in. Um, I lived at one sixty fifth and Gerard, right by Yankee Stadium. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I lived in Fordham, so parking wasn't no joke out there either. But your Bronx is a it's a small borough, but it's, it's nice. Yeah, nah. Um, yeah, so I took it. We had a Frank. We had a Slice. Only thing we didn't get a chance. He didn't get a shawarma. He wanted one of those. Ah uh, man, did y'all go to Times Square? Yeah, we knocked that out. Uh, we went to Empire State Building, Ground Zero. Now, did you go up to the tower? Nah, I, it looked like there was a line. No, it military, looked... you can get that military veteran though. You nah, get that nah. discount, and I think they have. They may let you go in. It didn't take very long. Never took it. I think I went there twice, and it was just like, bing, boom. I wasn't sure. Because we seen a line for the Empire State Building with the ground zero, we went to where the museum and all that stuff was. And like right as we got there, like they weren't open yet or whatever. Because they had certain hours. So we was like, yo, let's keep it moving, see some other shit and come back. But we didn't come back. Um, It was cool though. It, It just felt good to be in New York. It's been eight years since I've been in New York. I mean, for the most part, we're pretty social distanced. You know, even on the train, I would say going, it was more people on the train than when we were leaving. How was your experience on the train? I hear that's uh, changing uh, a bit because of COVID, too. And it's like, I'm uh, trying to imagine the A train. I used to take the A train in the morning. It was mm-hmm. like, I used to call it the Amistad. The <laughs> A train, the Amistad train, because you be in here like... And I'm trying to imagine that now in COVID times, like... So- my impression i was actually pretty surprised like it wasn't crowded and we got we were on the train like rush hour like nine we were on the train wow and it was pretty like socially distanced for the most part how are they doing it they have the increase the frequency of trains so that was i don't know I, i have no idea i mean it felt normal to me like you know from where i live and from in the Bronx is like roughly 45 minutes to the city to Times Square so I don't know and going back seemed leaner like and we were leaving around 2-ish 2-15-ish or something like that by the t- on the way back from uh, Manhattan so I don't know it went pretty smooth to me I was kind of looking around like oh okay they are not playing. I seen pretty much everybody with their mask. Yeah, yeah, I can see this close quarters, bro. Yeah, that's what I was curious about too. I was like, uh, but then it was raining all day, so I think with on top of kind of still locked down, but it's raining. I think that contributed to why it was so lean. Okay. To be honest, um, it was cool. He he was on the train. He was looking around like, okay. He was nervous because he was going through the Bronx. I was like, yo, relax. See anything? Uh, anything New Yorkish? Um, of course you had the people up there begging on the train. Um, and he was kind of like looking. Any, any break dancers? Nah, none of that. Not crazy. He said some people were looking at him strange. I was like, yeah, you got a red hair and you're white. 
lived in New York. That's kind of not common. <laughs> so it was cool, man. I was just happy to be able to get his bucket list checked out, even though we couldn't really do a lot. But the idea we stomped around the city was pretty cool. I was hyped. Yeah, I got some uh, photos and clips and stuff like that. I posted at some point. I got organized everything. Um, what else have I been doing? I want to go to Gettysburg. I got to okay. see how far that is from here. Yeah, that old um, Civil War battlefield. Now yeah. I have I've been there myself several times as, when I was a child, and I have heard that plenty of ghost stories at that place allegedly haunted. Yeah, so definitely I, worth seeing, man, from a veteran perspective. Mm-hmm. And considering the times that are we're in right now and all this chitter chatter uh, of Civil War, is I, I imagine it's a site worth seeing. I yeah, definitely- I, want, I want to definitely check that out before I leave. Of course, I enjoy Philly. I've been there twice already. Um, still want to kind of stomp around a little more because the other times have been quick because I had somebody with me. So, I had a blast in Philly. This came back yesterday. Saw my brother. Okay. We're also shooting some scenes for the documentary. Got some great yeah, there. But man. So we like, um, we're going down from the, the art museum. You just keep going straight. You know, the art museum is just the steps that Rocky Balboa is running up, yeah. comes, you know, when he's training. But you just keep going straight, and then, man, you just come across a huge tent city, man. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, we have all these trillion dollar companies the economy is so great but you got 10 cities for days man and i'm just like how do we have this immense wealth and you know have have this great great poverty at the same time and it was just it, it was um i had to reflect on that man because we live in a nation that they will let you they'll let you fail unless you hit rock bottom unless you smack your face on the concrete man and live and sleep there if you if you fail and um that that was clear evidence of the lack of of the safety net that we have in america and the times that we're in economic despair and you know my prediction was not COVID. it was the machine revolution that has yet to come and it's still reality and it could have an uptick in, in homelessness. So it's like one of these candidates, one of these devils has to take responsibility for uh, for this issue because it, it, it's, it's been too long, man. Like I remember seeing my first experience with, with, with vast homelessness was in Washington, D.C. Okay. And then and I saw that I'm just like, the, the president lives over there. And all these people, he has to look out his backyard and see all these people, you know, sleep. I'm like, well, how does that make sense? And we, they still didn't figure that out yet. And um, I don't know, man, it hurts, bro. But yeah, um, we upgrade America. You know it. Um, guess we could slide into Planet of the Apes in real life in India. <laughs> Click on this shit. So I heard this shit on one of the podcasts I listened. To. I said, "Yo, I gotta bring this up. This is pretty wild." So, okay, this has been this year. Okay, the last three months, fights between monkeys 
have resulted in seven people dying. Monkey gang wars keep killing people in India. Um, it's to a point where monkeys are brawling and they're like hurting people too. So they said the population, the monkey population is 50 million. There have been at least 13 deaths caused by monkey attacks across India since 2015. So what are they like rolling in gangs or something? Yeah. It's been going on, I guess, since the 80s, but... What type of monkeys? Like... Mm. Are they like little monkeys? Me, probably medium size, not as big as chips, but a little bit smaller. If I wore those wooden Korean swords, man, I'd go. I'd fight a gang of monkeys with a couple of them. Yeah, like as long as it's not like chimps, like that. Once you start getting chimps and up, yeah. How big are chimps? Like, how much do they weigh? Um, I don't know. Good question. All I know is. They're strong as shit, champs. Are the monkeys armed or are they just swinging fists or, or whatever? Biting. If they're throwing or... rocks. If they're throwing rocks and swinging sticks, then maybe I may want to upgrade some weaponry. But like, I think I could take a couple monkeys with that. Well, I mean, you know, you gotta remember they're primates, so they know how to use weapons and manipulate doors oh, and all I that. Um, there's this clip of these uh. I forget what country in Africa they were in, mm-hmm. but they gave a monkey an AK, and he busted that thing off, man. Like, ah, and everyone, yeah. you see all the soldiers there, they're they're taking cover because this thing don't care. He's not, he just ah, just busting it off. But I don't know, man. That's uh, I'm curious what type of monkeys they are. Um, what, what how are they or how they're gonna address that threat? Yeah, because you're talking about fifty million. Shit, but they're considered like I think kind of sacred at their Hindu god. Okay, so then that's Um, that. Let the monkeys overrun you then. Um, doesn't say what type of monkeys. I guess you have to click on it and look. Just click on the link and see what they look like. I would like to see what type of uh, that are indigenous to um, to India. I'll, I'll, I'll give that some thought. I mean, um, that would be a wonderful hunting expedition. Be like, yeah, Yo, pay X amount of money, reduce the monkey uh-huh. population. It's wild. Um, basically, they're saying, all right, this is why it's getting bad. Is because deforestation and overdevelopment of their um, habitat. So, so they um, need monkey sanctuary. Say again, yeah. Basically, they've been but like for fifty million. That's like ten, no, six times sizer, six times greater than the the population of New York City. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you've been killing where they live at, so they have to go foraging for food and all that. So you know, as you get rid of an animal's habitat, they venture more in to find food in places to uh, build a habitat and to mate and to do whatever. Um, I, I adore the animals, but I th- Could you imagine that shit the US like that though? They can't and wouldn't fly, man. There's so many guns out here. We're like, oh. <laughs> and we don't give we don't give two new shit sacred sacred who? Sacred monk? 
Sacred monkey pie. Yeah, they had brought this up. It was interesting. When I was listening to the podcast, he was like, let that should have been in Texas. <laughs> that monkey population have been done. It would have, though. Just like when the deer population spike, like the hunters go in, they, they shut that shit down. Any uh, any predator or, or, or creature that's that's thriving, you know, they, they shut that shit down. But like, I guess it's... I don't want to say a partial of it is because of their um, their beliefs. Because yeah, the monkeys need their space, but fifty million monkeys—that's a lie, bro. You don't need fifty million monkeys. You oh, just... chimpanzees are like endangered too. I didn't know that when I was looking it up. They're yeah. actually endangered. Well, whatever monkeys are breeding in the fifty million is gonna sound very endangered. <laughs> It seems like they're doing quite well. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was, I thought a planet of the A. As soon as I heard that, no, shit, no, I sounds, the headline got me, but then the story is even wilder than, uh, than the headline. I'm no, like, they kill babies and shit. Like, they Man, I, I can see. I can see, uh, you know, they're attacking the babies, but like older people, like, again, yeah. I don't know. It's wild, bro. Like they, they wouldn't want me to mitigate that problem. <laughs> so we moved on to the next thing. That, that should have me like thrown. Cure so, all that. I cure hunger at the same time. Monkey stew for everyone. Uh yeah, they, they do eat that in certain countries, right? Monkey. Monkey I'm brains. Sure they eat it in China. Um <laughs> So we're gonna talk about Yelp in the business of racism, but not what you break that down because I'm curious what this is about. Okay, so Yelp says it will now warn users about businesses accused of racism. Interesting. So now, like, because I'm sure users Yelp users who are writing reviews are doing that too. But how are they like? How are they getting that data? Like, okay, but I mean the data is easy. But the process on what is going to determine what's racist is the challenging part. To now be they're fair. talking about like yo, like don't go to this restaurant because they're racist or something like that. Yeah. So Yelp announced a new initiative that will see alerts placed on businesses business listings when the businesses have been accused of racist behavior. The move comes after Yelp helped launch a number of initiatives over the summer that helped users find and support Black-owned businesses. In the continuation of that work, Yelp will now place a consumer alert on business pages where the businesses have reportedly engaged in racist behavior. Oh, is this a result of the the burning summer? Yeah, so I mean, just some uh, some action has been. Okay, so this is how they're gonna do it. To okay. be clear, it doesn't seem like anyone can simply accuse a business of racist behavior for the customer alert to be slapped on its listing. Okay, so Yelp explains accusations must be backed up by news articles, thus providing a degree of vari- variability. I probably butchered that a little bit. Verified 
Um, if someone associated with the business is accused of or the target of racist behavior will place a public attention alert on the business page to warn customers that the business may be receiving an influx of reviews as a result of increased attention for businesses accused of overtly racist actions where we can link to a news article we can escalate our warning with the business accused of racist behavior alerts so like to emphasize a user just can't say yeah i don't like this restaurant and say it has to be linked by some critical facts but i mean i get that and that's cool it may be a little difficult to get some news articles related to some businesses but yelp still provides a platform for Mm-hmm. people to voice their opinions and share their experiences you know uh, of personal racism and uh, you know in customer service but i mean it's a step i guess uh, thanks for I taking read a, that. i read a couple of tweets that people mentioned okay um let's see dinesh d'souza he's very uh controversial as a character he's very conservative whatever Okay. He says, this is an inducement of false accusation and thuggetry. Ironic that he's Indian-American and the word thug comes from India. Just a little fun fact there. That's really? Yeah, look it up. The, uh, the origin of the word is India, I believe. Thug. Um, I just thought that was funny. That's what funny. if, <laughs> what if a bunch life. of people wantonly accuse Yelp of racism well they place a racist alert on their own company so (laughs) and this other person said uh, I honestly can't believe there are people in the comments actually speaking out against this Yelp feature it's combating racism racism is something we could all be fighting against people who think otherwise are gross thank you Yelp for your effort yeah yeah. appreciate it as well this chick dropped a bomb on this one. She was like, "Are you gonna, <laughs> are you going to alert consumers about businesses like Nike who have slaves making their items?" I was like, <laughs> "Oh, snatch, go ahead." <laughs> so I was like, "Damn." Uh, what so. is, I'm curious, like, how they responded to this. Um, I don't know. It's on Twitter, but I wanted to let me see if I can see the reaction after that. Um, let me read a couple comments under what she said. <laughs> that was pretty damn funny, though. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's fucked up. True. Got some, I was gonna say, you gotta shed some light on it. Okay, it said, um, well, the first comment under her was why is it always a deflection and cause of a slippery slope when it comes to addressing racism and racist behavior? It's such an uncomfortable topic for many of you and it shows. Mm. So that's one of the first response to what she said by another user. Um, People who are basically slaves make stuff in the US. Prisoners all over the country are forced to create products for numerous companies. Boy, these people and again, are like I said, that needs to be voluntary. That yeah. needs to be voluntary or slavery. And we just, again, this bloated American hypocrisy. But, um, 
So I would say this, it would be helpful. Um, I know me and my homegirl, we ate at this Mexican restaurant in Orlando. Mm -hmm. One of the times she came down and our, how we got treated was horrible. It was very low key though. It wasn't until she kind of said something that I started paying attention because I was just like, all right, whatever. You know, it's like a Sunday. It's leisurely. I'm not really worried about it. But then I started looking at the people around us and their service seemed to be faster than ours. Mm-hmm. All right, wait a minute. We already put in our order. We still kind of waiting. So now I'm paying attention. I'm like, okay. And like they were almost like avoiding to interact with us i'm like yo we're paying customers we're waiting on our order but you're ignoring us at the same time and mind you in orlando like there's a gold standard in hospitality and customer service as i observed that having restaurants out there man yeah so me and my homegirl coming from we have hospitality background looking like what's really going on like so um she was getting highly upset, which I don't blame her. I mean, me, I'm like, I don't want nobody fucking with my food. So I'm always more like either I walk out or I don't send my food back because I don't want nobody messing with my food because I'll hurt somebody. So <laughs> I, was like, I don't feel you know, I think it personally have my yeah. head So I think examples of that kind of behavior is more beneficial than straight up like oh they're racist now nah, we don't serve blacks here like you're not really going to get that kind of racism you're going to get more of the microaggressions and stuff like that when you go somewhere um and then you also gotta go oh, ahead you you emphasize like you two are both paying customers mm-hmm. why How should I ask this question? How is there any room for racism when it comes to business? Like, how is that even... Keep that shit to yourself and get your money. Like, how is there there any room for that in in the hospitality industry? It's it's beyond me. Like, going back to those, uh, you know, to those where you had to carry that book to find establishments that would serve black people, you know, in Jim Crow. Who the fuck don't want to get paid? Like, it's all legal. It's all money at the end of the day. We care, we care where it comes from. Like, just be on me. Yeah, um, so we'll see what develops from this Yelp thing. I think it's a cool first step um, to actually acknowledge, like, yo, we got racist-ass businesses out here. Like, yo, we're going to put them on blast because but one how thing... Do you get that? How do you get those news articles? Because that's what's required, yeah, like I, I think their verification process is gonna have to definitely be tweaked because you gotta wait till the news article comes out for this. Like, plus well, not only that, it's like how do you investigate? Like, let's just say your incident, for, mm-hmm. your incident for instance. How do you, how do you investigate that? Like a news, are they gonna interview you? And then it's just based on, um, I don't wanna say hearsay, but it's mm-hmm. testimonial, you know? Yeah. And we all know that. I don't know how in the court of law testimonies have weight, but we, we, we know that testimony, human testimony is it's highly flawed. So yeah. like, how are, how are they gonna get to conduct these investigations to do that? I don't know. I, I don't wanna, I'm not, I don't wanna knock it and say it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like 
yeah, we just have this blanket that we can just say we did something. It's gonna be hard That's to cover. True. It's gonna be hard to use this blanket, you know. But um, the blanket's there. But, I, don't know. I don't know. I think it's a good first step because you know what I'm thinking, and I think I kind of laughed during the Black Lives Matter um, wave after Floyd, mm-hmm. corporation-wise, and. I think oh, it's everyone was on board. Black Lives Matter. Everyone was on board from Amazon, yeah. Salesforce, everywhere you go. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. I'm like, yeah. So, how you feel about them burning down and shit and dragging shit? Well, not only that, they've been kind of quiet since that wave has subsided to the tide. What do you mean, what wave? Just in the wave of Black Lives Matter. Like I've mm-hmm. noticed, I haven't heard much. On the, corporate, on the corporate side? Mm-hmm. Um, it was yeah, like lightning in a bottle, and then it's like, all right, now we back to normal. Like, because you hear, you were hearing reports of mm-hmm. black people within these corporations, like, yo, they don't even treat us right at work, let alone now, how you Black Lives Matter, but you still got a fucked up work culture. Like, you're, you need to change within the inside. I'm it, seeing the emergence of a lot of diversity groups within um, corporations. That's becoming more, I don't want to say a trend, but um, see that being a, not a result. But mm-hmm. yeah, kind of, maybe, maybe kind of. It's, you hear like JP Morgan or something like that pledging like 30 billion. <clears throat> dope dealers. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> but I'll take that drug money in form of reparations. Be like, oh, government don't want to pay? Then how about private industry? Who, you know, well, most of them contributed to this like Yes, trade. they did. Insured it. Probably so, what? That life, all the motherfuckers probably were a part of that. And like I said, I wouldn't be against, yo, like, give that 30 billion back to, uh, you know, to the people who built America. When did that? But it's like it just that whole how do you say disgusting rhetoric to swallow? Like, oh yeah, wealth building and opportunities for for black businesses in America. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Where am I going to get my money and how much I'm going to get? That's what I want. I want to hear. I don't hear that these, these fluff words rhetoric and that's what i loved about ice cube when he was on that interview with chris como on cnn he mm-hmm. he really cut through the bullshit it's like yo we tired of empty rhetoric we're tired of no four black people not minorities not people of color none of that <laughs> shit like ice cube broke that shit down like yo that's what we've been saying you'll do all this shit and me and cam have gone back and forth about this when they want to make legislation for a specific group they will do that We've mm-hmm. seen, we've seen the first responders bill pass through in like a month. We've seen the Hispanic thing pass through. Now executive orders, whatever, but still the fact is like boom, like this. Um, uh, Native Americans land getting land, like veterans and stuff, which are cool. Man, but pass through. I'm like, come on now, like y'all get feeding us some bullshit. So. I'm just saying, like, we tired of the lip service. Right. Again, it's because they know they, I don't want to say they own us. Nobody own me. But, yeah. like, 
they own that black folk. It's just like it's almost like it's culturally ingrained mm-hmm. uh, for black people to 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 vote Democratic. Well, let's let's what? slide into the last topic because that kind of well one of the last topics. All right, let's move. Let's roll. Uh, has this election highlighted that black millennials and black Gen Zers are becoming more informed about politics than the previous generations? Uh, <laughs> thing is, I'm going to say yeah, but I'm going to piggyback off an answer that you gave before. It's because of the emergence or the, the, the wider availability of social media and information that, that we're in. And our wonderful show, Upgrade America, we're really dumbing down politics. Whoa. But we're, cool. we're, we're breaking down politics. We're trying to make it more digestible, you mm-hmm. know? And quite frankly, this year has been so fucking nuts that, like, politics yeah. has bled into sports. Politics has bled into media. Like, yeah, this, um, I, I would agree that, yeah, this year, like, people are mad woke. To it. They're, they're waking up to it or at least from what i'm seeing yeah now and, and i'm seeing a lot of people are, are waking up to this political process but not to the point where they're seeing it for what it is where they're seeing it's like um there you still have people look like oh this is the good guy and this is the bad guy you know they're not seeing it like the whole system is corrupt and we need to break it down and rebuild like that's when that's the awakening that you know that not not just young black people need to experience but the whole nation needs to see that facts yeah very true have change and upgrade america well i i only mention black because that's the vote that is being chased after so hard right not necessarily from Republicans. They like, what do you got to lose? Just vote for us. We don't need you either way. But the, still. the Democrats aren't chasing us. Democrats aren't chasing. They think they're entitled to it. They think it's yeah. coming to them without ease. Hence, it's just like, yo, Ice Cube. Go see see that corner over there. Go go shut up and color. After the election, then we'll talk to your black ass about what we're not gonna give you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what um. That's how I'm seeing. They're not, they're not chasing it. They're like, niggers ain't voting Republican. <laughs> when, yeah. They haven't voted Republican since Abraham Lincoln. Like, it, Democrat, vote blue no matter who. Yeah. And that seems to be the culture. And it's like, you can't beat the Democrats because what are your options? Again, it's just like, yo, it's like, well, Democrats didn't give us, we voted the Democrats into power. They didn't give us what we wanted this four years. So, and four years later, what, what are you gonna do? You, you gonna vote? You gonna vote for? Um, you gonna vote for Republican? No, it's just a new face. So this new face is gonna give us right, even though no, it, and it's just been a repeating cycle over and over again. You gotta mm-hmm. see that parties have nothing to offer you. Have nothing to offer you. And I we, think this election is gonna be very telling. Like I was watching a couple of interviews. Mm-hmm. It's either hold your vote or almost vote for, say, Biden just as a protest. Yo, you need a placeholder. Like I said, I'll gladly be your zero. But if you show both parties that 
people vote in droves in the millions hundreds of millions and they didn't go to either side sure one person is going to win one of those popular parties is going to win by a margin you said it yourself it's like one percent one percent margin so when they see that one percent margin in a placeholder like yo i could have got a million more votes 10 million more votes if i were to cater to you know to a specific audience not voting do not man i'm just about to spit out a double negative <laughs> how should i phrase this <laughs> to with to withstand from voting is no don't do that it, it, and at the same time just i'm gonna vote biden just I don't want to. Conversations is going on, man. I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell y'all about the do because I know what you feel like. Oh, I gotta vote this guy out. I gotta vote Trump out, or you got you don't want Biden to win or whatever. But it's just like, yo, the people need to. We need to shock the motherfucking system, man. <laughs> and we need to show them that we have the power to shock that. And I think once you do that, it's just like. Okay, the people aren't buying the, the, the normal rhetoric that mm. we're gonna, we may or may not do this for you after you do you vote us into power and you, there's nothing that you can do to take that power back after you've given it to us. Like when the people wake up and see that they're getting such a raw fucked up deal, and it, I, don't, I don't know, bro, but um, this is this is probably one of the most challenging elections because there's so much stuff going on within it. It's not even just a normal campaign and normal election. It's like you got Rona, you got civil unrest, you got like all this stuff going on. The and the economy at the same time. There's yeah. a lot of stuff to juggle. And so, it's just like, I don't know why, again, it's just like we throw our power in the hands of senior people. And it's you expect them to solve all your problems. Like, you wouldn't go to your grandmother and or your grandfather, like, when he's 70 and fucked up, like, yo, like, solve all my problems. So I'm like, this is it. This is what we, this is the best that the United States has to muster. And it's we don't. ridiculous. And I don't yeah. want to say one more thing. It's just like, again, upgrade America, technology, all that good stuff. Technology is evolving faster than we can write the laws to do it. And then when we have these dinosaurs in place that don't even know how to send text messages or like get on Instagram, like they're impeding the law process and technology is heading in some a direction that could be most terrifying. And even there's that nothing podcast, to stop it. And even in that podcast I was listening and it had me so frustrated. It was so good, but I was so frustrated. Even the founding father said, this shit has to keep improving with the times. The Constitution, Bill of Rights, all this stuff has to keep morphing and improving because we're going to learn more. We're going to think differently. Like, it needs, it's a living document, basically. It's not just a document and that's it. No, it's a living document. It keeps hence, going. Uh, hence the amendments. Yeah. But, like, A lot of it needs to be revised, bro. Some needs more explanation. Some needs more care, uh, clarity. Some things need to be hard-coded, meaning like you can't fuck with these constitutional rights. You can't mess with these liberties because it seems like every time there's a new crisis, every time there's a new threat to national security or safety, it's like we lose a bit of freedom. 
we need a hard code in. Think outside of the box so that we can retain our freedoms and and still manage crisis. Yeah, um, I I'd like to see what did I call it? Black digital renaissance or something mm-hmm. like that. I like seeing it because I'm starting to see more nuanced conversations. I'm starting to see more awareness. I'm starting to see not doing it because this is tradition. I'm starting to see like, I'm starting to see everything that we're discussing from black millennials and uh, Gen X, Gen Zers, mm-hmm. I have to remember. Um, because the Gen X is on back, they're already setting their ways pretty much. I would say we're in between the newest generation and old, I think, but we are a lot more flexible than the previous generations above us. And yo, but I, I want to piggyback off of that real quick. Okay, go ahead. Again, you said like Generation X and B before, they're setting their ways. And so we're more or less giving power to people who have been around since the civil rights movement. Even some who have been in office during times of civil rights movement. And Shit, like, segregation. You might as well say I mean, segregation. segregation. And it's like, you don't think they're they're stuck in their ways? Like, I don't know, bro. Like I said, maybe this is my protest. We already discussed the bloodlines and the unlikely uh, ability of outsiders <laughs> to become president. But who knows? Maybe I should study my ancestry dot com test a little bit closer and see who who i'm linked to but this like is, this is an interesting question is donald trump related to any of the presidents i'm sure he is somewhere mm, let's let's give that a quick google and i got the last topic up too okay i know clinton is matter of fact you know when i was down at the battery that fort or something down there was Clinton Fort, Fort Clinton or something like that. Hold on, hold on. It says all living people are related to another. If one goes back long enough, however, to get a common ancestor of Trump and any other president, you have to go back to Europe. All of his ancestors, only his Fred, his father Fred Trump was born in the USA. Okay. So is Barack related to Donald Trump? President Barack Obama is the 26th cousin of Donald Trump. Wow. <laughs> wow. President Obama is Republican president. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that is wow. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, man. I mean, like, this is just a, this is my protest. Just to be like, yo, um, we want, we demand a system for the people, by the people. And it's, it seems like we got a monarchy of, uh, you know, of a long bloodline. And I want to, sh- I'm going to keep using that, man. Shock the system. Disrupt yeah, the sh- like All right. Last and final topic. Um, post-election violence. Should we be concerned? Um, well, Okay. So if Trump wins, I don't see so much post-election violence. Okay. If only because they feel like they have more time 
And I'm referring to like these uh, militias and who are all those other violent motherfuckers yeah. out there. However, in the event that Trump loses the election, hell the fuck yeah. Because it's like, you got people who think if he loses your election, it's due to foul play. And that's going to justify their cause. So it's like, yo, we're just doing this because, you know, like, it was an insurrection. And then you see, with Trump's stranglehold on the law enforcement community, like, how do you think it would affect them? Like, for them participating in their duties, hold on, with the guys or the veneer or even the even a genuine assumption that the presidency was stolen from from their beloved leader. Like how so yeah, the threat of these militias, the threat of these blue smurf motherfuckers, like yeah. So we're threat assessment, considering we're like what? Let's call it 17, 16 days away from the election. Damn, yeah. I'm in Charlie, slowly escalating to Delta. Yeah, I was about to say Delta around election time, definitely. Yeah, yeah, like I said, slowly escalating to Delta. But um, they're talking about the timeline for it. Because my understanding, what the ballot has to be sent out day. You can send it like day before election, as long as it's postdated. Yeah. So that would get what would you say is the buffer for that? A week. Yeah. Could you imagine? Can you anticipate the madness that's going to be happening as those numbers are spiking, as those those ballots are, are trickling in? Biden's up. Oh man! And then the militias get get our guns. Let's yeah. storm the White House. And then like then they're like, oh no no, Trump's up. And then you know everyone's panicking. It's going to be fucking madness, man. And then everyone's going to accuse each other of cheating. Shit. Yeah, like um. Yeah, basically this article from, let's see where it's from, Intelligencer, I Mm -hmm. guess the the New York Times, whatever, conglomerate, either way, um, they're saying a new study suggests a coarsening of political attitudes among Americans, obviously, because they're not doing what the fuck they're supposed to be doing that we're elected. Um, Nope. But researchers want to make it clear that it's not just crude talk or combative rhetoric that's on the rise. It's a bipartisan trend towards condoning potential violence after the election. Hmm. It's unclear whether or how the president's COVID-19 infection will affect the atmosphere. It could be sobering or it could increase tensions even more, but as a symbol of perpetually, perpetually, unsettling times it's just more of the new normal so let's see the thing is go ahead i don't think it's like (laughs) well i don't know i was gonna say like i wouldn't say it's like his master plan Mm -hmm. like trump's master plan like oh if um if i don't win i'll just have my goons my legions of goons like tear the country up but at the same time, it's like his supporters. And I don't want to say the, the average intelligence of uh, you know, Trump supporters, but I see a lot of, when I do see them on camera and just their attitude and their how they're interviewing it. And the, the common thing was like, yo, if Trump wins, like he won legally no matter what. 
But if he loses, it was stolen or there's fraud, no matter what. And that seems to be, they have that steadfast belief. And that is dangerous. And you hear these guys, they're talking around, um, they're like, yo, they got green tips. And you, 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 we know what the green tips are, man. Those are armor piercing, uh, those are armor piercing rounds. This guy's bragging about like, yeah, this this will go through at least three people. Like, these are their psychopaths who are, I don't want to say unintelligible, but they're not, their way, their rational way of thinking is, is not very sound. And it's dangerous because there's so many of them. There's so many of them. I will say this. Uh, black folks be prepared for anything around election time up until shit damn near February to be honest holiday season black, black history month shit could be another chapter up in that book but um just be prepared be safe like look out for one another because we're <laughs> more than likely going to be affected more than probably any other group with this kind of shit so. Oh, absolutely. As I mentioned, and it's like I said, shout out to to the cops, to the good cops. You know, like we, we know y'all out there, and you know we we depend on on law enforcement to keep law in order, like the notion of it. Because anarchy is no joke. I, I dare say, all you you tough little thugs and, and gangsters win the last three days of anarchy with, with no law. But um, so we are we're depending on on, on the good cops. You know, but at the same time, like I do believe there's a, there has been some infiltrated infiltration uh, of, of bad cops who are aligned and are or in league with agencies that are not akin to the United States. Because if you are pledging your allegiance behind closed doors to another organization, guess what? Like that that's un-American. It's it's treasonous. And I do believe such a such something like that has occurred. And you'll. Could these rogue agents, upon orders to stand back and stand by, activate? I don't know. But as you mentioned, yo, stay vigilant and be prepared for anything. Your yeah. family is your fire team. You can't just be the strongest unit. You got everybody close to you needs to be on point, armed, ready. Yeah, um, we're not trying to scare people. Don't live in fear because this is a country with choice and freedoms. Indeed. You know, so don't live in fear. Nah, we we built doper than that. We fucking excellent people. You know, we're resilient. We don't take no shit. And that's what it's really about. It's about like you not laying down, not laying down, not being no soft target to be run the fuck over. Like cool, you want plenty of little insurrection and shit. Ain't no easy kills. Like we we armed and ready too. So um, like I said, ain't no fear. I ain't fear in years. But at the same time, I have concerns for people who think it's all hunky-dory and you're mm-hmm. practicing your aim on Call of Duty, but you ain't, you ain't pull the trigger in real life. Like, uh, you'll find that the two do not correlate. Very well. <laughs> Especially under stress. And there's, no auto, there's no auto-aim on the battlefield. But, no, you know, sir. everything is real. This is the political protest. You know, you, CJ, the vice president, at the same time, the possibility exists. You know, the possibility exists that we, we very much could take this. But, you know, at the same time, we have that freedom. If only the illusion of freedom to participate in the political process. And fully intend to, to exercise that while we have that, while we still have that chance. Because, yo, freedom is temporary. 
ain't nothing but pieces of paper that are make up constitutions, laws, and regulations. Like, sure. if it all falls to hell and the next regime that's in power says, eh, slavery's not a bad idea. Like, just like that, it can be bad. And, yo, freedom is temporary, man. But, um, ain't no fear. Be positive, be strong. Yo, if you're alive, free, healthy, and breathing right now, you're blessed. Like, uh, yeah. you know, it's, you, you, you hear in our show, you're, you're, you're blessed. And, you know, the, the greatest blessing that you have is, one, your time right now, but your time in the future to, to, to follow your dreams. And that's really all that matters in life is just that you are, you do what you want and pursue your definition of happiness. Thanks. That's all I got, bro. Hey, you, you wrap that up in the bow, man. I got nothing else to add to that. Just blessings, man. And today was very nice. Good episode. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm not too angry. I, didn't, I wasn't angry on this one. So <laughs> I might have been a little uh, out of character, not politically uh, <laughs> chill. Yeah, That's bro. I could see you like that in the Senate, though, man. You have to get a... Uh... Because, you know, VP is uh, kind of rallies up the senators and stuff. You're like, yo, like, you need to get it together. You need to vote in this motherfucking stimulus package. Oh, Buy dude. Like, victory in this shit. You already know, me as VP, we uh, we, we sharing duties, bro. You you focus on the important shit. I'll do all the fucking other shit. Don't worry. And maybe that's something I would, we can discuss on another episode. But, like, yeah. the whole notion of power sharing, like, Studying like Roman Emperor Pyre and stuff like that, they had co-emperors and it kind of divided the region like in half and they had a Western Empire, Eastern Empire, stuff like that. But the president's job is a lot of responsibility. Yeah, and that's why the vice president's there. I know he's kind of a placeholder in case he gets fucking killed or something, but yeah, like incapacitated. Yeah. But I would say why not share those dudes? Hey, yo. Yo, CJ, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, and I'll handle this stuff. Boom, got you. And particularly I'm, when, you know, like, when you're on vacation and shit like this, you, you, there's a lot of duties to, to be shared. And I'm like, looking at it, can you, say we do win, can we, like, decline the job? Like, I'll be like, yo, <laughs> I thought about it, I thought it was fun. Looking at all this Corona, you know, Civil War Two, and you know, crashing the kite. I don't think I want it at this time. Maybe another four years. Like, uh, you know, we would have to die to fuck in. That's a once in a lifetime opportunity, man. <laughs> oh, you already know, man. I, I would take it, but it's just like the gravity of taking tells me, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I have a little gray in the beard at, right. at the end of those, at the end of those <laughs> four years. But who knows? I, I think it, it would be fun. It's fun to think about. And it's fun to entertain, you know, the the idea. But at the same time, we just want you, you know, you listeners out there, get involved in the political process. You don't have to go to it for the Oval Office like me, but like, yo. Run for mayor, city council, school board. Yeah, because these are little, these are these positions, they still come with power. They yeah. still come with the opportunity to make a difference in, in someone's life. You know, me, I'm just larger than life, so I want the biggest office in the world. And yet the whole notion of like an office with no corners is, I like that. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. But yeah, this was fun, bro. I really like this. Uh, you know, being laid back on this episode was real smooth. Looking forward to eighty six. Soon yeah. we'll be at we'll be at a hundred. Wow, yeah. It's been a long time coming, but yo, we got that Halloween episode coming up too. So just yo, so Halloween episodes dropping the day of the election. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, it's gonna be wild, bro. But yo, everybody, like again, stay blessed. Thanks for supporting. We'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace out, Facebook. Peace, Facebook. Alrighty.